Welcome to History and Mysteries. I'm your host, Regina Helton. If you are new to the podcast, History and Mysteries is a podcast where we talk about Southern tales. We is me. (laughs) Where we talk about Southern tales, Midwest mysteries, and listener-submitted stories. Uh, Some of these stories will be from my family collection of stories, and others are stories that I've researched. Each week, we'll dive into a new episode, and hopefully you enjoy them. If you want to support the podcast, uh, stick around after the episode, and uh, there's some information on how to do that. Thanks. Welcome to History and Mysteries. Wow, I'm a little late getting this third episode up, and apologies about that. But the good news is, is I have two episodes um, ready, and I'll be working on a third. So everything will be right on track from here on out. So if you are a new listener, maybe you're a little bit annoyed with me for being late, um, forgive me. I'm sorry. Sometimes life does get in the way. And podcasting is a hobby for me, but it is a hobby that I take very seriously. Um, So I don't want you thinking that episodes are going to be late moving forward. They're, uh, They're not. Everything will be right back on schedule. But yeah, I'm a human. Forgive forgive me for my humanness. Uh, I'm excited to tell this story today. It's a, it's a rather short story. And to be 100% honest, it is one that I feel like I mess up when I try to tell it. Um, it's better told by my older brother who doesn't... Um, doesn't seem to be the easiest to get a hold of sometimes when you need him for story stuff. No, I'm just kidding. He, I just wasn't able to connect with him before I wanted to uh, record this one. But I think, yeah, he does a better job at telling it because it's a story that was told to him. And I actually never heard this story firsthand. So that's one of the things, you know, not to get too far off topic that I just truly love about the podcast and about telling ghost stories is that's the thing that makes them fun, right? They're stories and you, and they're coming from all different directions. These stories are sometimes they're firsthand experience. Sometimes they are passed down experience. Sometimes they are, you know, a story of a story of a story. And, you know, that can also be like a bad game of telephone, right? Like, details can get lost and such. But um, I always say this, I I feel like the stories that come through my family are just so consistent. Like no one really messes the details up on these. They just, they're so consistent. And that's what makes them so believable and so scary sometimes is there has to be some truth in there or they would get told differently. It It would become like the game of telephone where but you know, each time a new version is born. Now, sometimes there will be little variations and such, but for the most part, they they're very consistent. And, and that's I think that's just what makes them so scary is they got I think they're real. Um, So anyway, the story that I promised in this episode is um, about a man who could stop a clock. And um this story was told to my brother by my uh, my grandpa on my mom's side of the family, who is long gone. Um, but he was a very unique man, 
and he grew up in a very, you know, just very rural um, atmosphere. And I feel like his stories were just kind of scruffy. <laughs> One of my favorite memories of my grandpa is he would take my hand sometimes um, and or my arm and he would rub it on his beard because his beard would be gruff. You know, when, if he hadn't shaved for a few days, his beard would be kind of, you know, bristly. I keep using a new word to describe it, but you're with me. Um, and he would just kind of laugh or giggle, kind of smile and just rub my hand on his beard. And when I think of these stories, I think of them in that in that way. They're kind of gritty. They're kind of scruffy, <laughs> like the hairs on his beard. These stories are not told, you know, in, in an elaborate storyteller way. They're just a, an, a man who grew up uh, in rural Appalachia and he had a story to tell. So they're not, they're not very refined stories. They're just usually short, sweet, and kind of leave you wanting a little bit more of the story. Um, and to me, that's fun. It's kind of like, uh, I think there was a, a Netflix show that was like, like these little short, like two sentence scary stories or something like that. If you guys know what I'm talking about, that's the way I feel my grandpa's stories are. They're just enough context to leave you going, but wait, I want more. Um, but they have to be real, you know, cause he would tell them the same, but they just, they were short, sweet, and scary. <laughs> Uh, so for this story, um, it's a story he told my older brother, and my older brother passed it down to me. So the story goes like this. So my grandpa grew up in a town. Um, I say town, but we'll, we'll, it's a rural community, just a really small community. And um, there was a family in the community that was known to practice witchcraft. And if you're a Southern at all, or you grew up in you know Appalachia, it's it, it's kind of like... Those were things that I think people found generally scary, like, you know, whoa, you practice witchcraft? Like, that's, you know, it wasn't like, a, I don't think, something that people took lightly. So uh, this family was known to basically, you know, practice witchcraft, and, and they could do things that I think people in the community found scary. And the story goes that the man came into a, a general store, with his family, and he wanted to buy something in the general store, and the owner was basically refusing service because this family, um, you know, was into witchcraft, and, you know, the community wasn't feeling very accepting of that, so they were like, no, nah, we're, not, we're not selling these people anything. Um, they're scary, and, you know, we just want them out of here. And, uh, the guy was like, no, you know, I, I don't know what he was buying, but when I picture this in my mind, I picture like, you know, maybe he was looking for a loaf of bread or, you know, some milk or, you know, just a, a, a staple, some kind of necessity. And uh, so he was pretty adamant that he was going to buy it. And the owner of the store was like, no, not selling it to you. And the guy said, um, you're going you're gonna to sell it to me. And if you don't, um, you know, not really like something bad's going to happen to you, but, um, you know, like I, I'm going to show you that you should, you should sell this to me. Like I'm a powerful person or, you know, I can, I can do things that'll scare you. So the guy said, 
um, I think maybe something smarty pants was said, like, you know, stop the clock or something like that. If you're, you know, if you're, if you can really do these magic things that you, that you say you can. And, uh, the guy looked up at the clock that was on the wall ticking. So I imagine like a, you know, just a wall clock, like maybe, you know, I'm a, uh, I won't put my age out there, but I grew up in like where, uh, schools, I think looked a little kind of like old fashioned. And I can remember these like clocks on the wall, like the, um, you know, the, like the hands on the clock. And, uh, the guy just stopped the clock with his mind and, you know, everybody was scared, um, but sometimes when my brother tells this story, he says he stopped the watch on the guy's arm. So well, I guess we can leave that one open-ended. But I think it would be scarier if he stopped the clock on the wall because then everybody could see it, you know. But if he stopped the clock on the or the watch on the guy's arm, hey, equally as scary. I don't want to be in the same room with it. Um, but yeah, this guy could stop time he would just if anything was um actively going on you know a clock ticking or um anything that had movement he could just stop it with his with his mind and um my grandpa told this story of like this guy this was this guy's stance on basically like don't mess with me you know, I'm, I can I can do these magic things with my mind. So the guy stopped the clock, and I would imagine that everybody in the store, I imagine, you know, in, in my imagination, and I always tell you guys this when, uh, when I'm doing a story, it's like, this is the fun part. I want you to use your imagination. So in my mind, I see like six or eight people standing in an old-timey, like, general store. And this guy waltzes in and is like, you know, the outcast of the community, kind of. And he's like, you're going to sell me something. And they're like, no, because, you know, you have a belief system that's different than ours or you're practicing something that we don't quite understand or scares us. So, you know, get out of here. We don't, we don't want your business. And the guy's like, no, you're going to sell it to me. And then he shows his power by stopping a clock or a watch with his mind. And I would imagine that everybody, you know, gasped like, whew, going on and I don't know if the story concludes that he left with the item that he wanted to uh to buy but the main takeaway of the story I think for my grandpa was just that this family was just known in this community to be able to do things that were scary and imagine growing up in this you know small rural town in the mountains and uh, community in the mountains and you've got this family that can do this stuff you know with their with their mind um i would imagine it was scary running into them in public now i wish my grandpa was alive so i could ask him uh but he's he's long long gone uh from this world um but i would like to know if my grandpa was scared or I'd like to know if he ever met the people or if this is one of those stories that was passed down to him from someone in his family. Or was he a little boy or a young man 
standing in the general store that day watching this man stop time with his mind? Was this story one that maybe, you know, a friend told him or a family member told him? Or was this story one that he actually witnessed? And did he see this family in the community a lot and, you know, kind of shy away from them? Or maybe he was curious about what they could do. I don't know. But I wish he were alive so I could. I wish I could ask him those questions now as a grown-up. I think I just could hold on to those answers a little bit more than when I was a kid. But in my imagination for this story, I, I want to picture my grandpa as a, as a young boy standing in the store that day watching this family come in that was known to do things that were scary or unusual or made people a little fearful of them. And I want to imagine that the guy stopped time that day with his mind, left with his loaf of bread or milk or Whatever it was, he was coming in and everybody just was quiet as he walked out. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, like, like a scene in a movie. You know, he just walks out with what he came in with and everybody's just standing there like, whoa, what just happened? Um, but I'll never know. This is just one of those short stories that gets passed around the family. And sort of the beauty of this one is, is there's little variations in it. Um, more variations than what we usually, uh, what I usually see in my family stories. This one's kind of open-ended, open for interpretation. Was it a watch? Was it a clock? Was my grandpa there? What wasn't he? Is this a story he heard in his family or did he experience it? And to me, um, those factors make this part of the story fun because this one gets to be illustrated a little bit more, um, by imagination, And there's some of these stories um, that I even covered, I think, last season on the podcast. Um, There's sort of the short little scary stories, but like I said, they're they're always pretty consistent um, in how they're told. So that's the part that makes them believable. But I've got a couple of these that are pretty open-ended. And to me, these are super fun because, like I said, I get to use my imagination I get to imagine the scenery, the background, who was there. Was it a winter day? Was it a summer day? In my mind, I picture fall and maybe all the leaves are on the ground. And, you know, this guy saunters into the general store and stops time with his mind. It's just creepier in fall, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's the beauty of this story is it is it is a short one, open for interpretation, And changes a little bit every time I hear it. And I also like this one, like I said, because uh, it wasn't told to me firsthand. So I get to think about it from, you know, I can't hear my grandpa's voice telling it like my brother can. And um, I just have only ever been told this story by my brother. And when he told it to me, I was like, what? I never heard this one. Like, where did this one come from? You've been keeping this one, you've been gatekeeping this one. Um, so I think it's fun to have this perspective of my brother and the details change a little bit. And then he has that firsthand experience of hearing my grandpa tell it. So not the scariest story I'm ever going to tell you, but a creepy one for sure. And what do we think? Do we, do we think the guy stopped the clock with his mind? 
can you hear the clock ticking and then it just stops? Or did he stop his watch? I don't know. I can't decide. I, I kind of think stopping the wall clock is creepier to me, but um, I think if you were to witness something like that, that certainly would be unnerving. I would find it unnerving. How did he do that? And sometimes when I think about this story, there's another story that I'm going to tell you um, this season, which is, it's a very scary story. Like, it is very scary. It comes from my grandma. Um, but it involved a clock. And I think I've said this before, um, even on the last episode where I talked about the ghost lady at the lake. There's sometimes these common occurrences in ghost stories, you know, like a ghost around water or ghost on the side of the road that, you know, appear and disappear. Um, but I feel like clocks are one that are things that are it's like a symbol or I don't know, a prop, if you will, that show up in some of these stories. Um, clocks seem to make an appearance. And uh, think about that, you know, a ticking clock is 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 kind of eerie in some way. Um, so to me, it's kind of interesting that, you know, the clock is the focal point of what this man chose to stop that day. So... That's a wrap. I hope you like this short story. Um, I've got a couple little announcements. Um, I'm no longer doing the History and Mysteries Instagram account. It was just a little too much to keep up with. I've decided to move all the podcast information over to my personal account and just sort of embody everything that I do creatively in one space. Um, So I'll have to update um, the some of the podcast info, but you can follow along, um, personally with me. Um, my Instagram handle is just Regina dot You can find it, um, there if you want to keep up on Instagram, but everything else has stayed the same. You can still go to history to listen to episodes. Um, right now the podcast is available on Spotify And I've submitted it to a bunch of other directories, so I can talk about that later. Um, But I hope you're enjoying it, and I hope you tune in for the next episode. Thanks. I'd like to take a moment and thank you for listening to today's episode. If you are enjoying the History and Mysteries podcast, which I really, truly hope you are, there are multiple ways for you to show your support of the show. You can go to the website, historyandmysteries.com. This is where all the episodes live at, and you can listen to them as many times as you want or share them with a friend. Word of mouth is powerful, and if there's anyone that you know who you think would enjoy the stories uh, being told, please spread the word. Also, while you're on the History and Mysteries website, historyandmysteries.com, you'll also see a button that will allow you to make a donation to the show starting at $3 a month. This is another way for you to show your support, and any donation uh, helps to improve the quality of the show, so I would truly appreciate that. If you want to follow along on Instagram, you can head on over to historyandmysteries, that's the username, and you can stay in touch there. Once again, thank you for listening to the show, and I'll see you next time. Thanks.